but the light to the path goes down and shows you way down there. See, the thing is, I, I, I rebuked somebody today on social media because they said, if you, I'm not going to watch nor go to a church that has a woman up in the pulpit with a pair of pants on. That's abomination. And I answered and said, and they were putting down a certain church because a lady got up to worship God and had a pair of pants on. And all he could do was get on that judgmental horse that thinks he's bigger than God and that he's so hooked on traditions that the traditions were so wrong because they didn't study the word of God. See, the thing is, well, well that's something pertaining to a man. Well, you got to look at the culture in which you were speaking to. They all wore robes at that time. But the women begin to gird themselves to make themselves look like men. See, the thing is, and so he didn't, he was so unlearned. And I said, I'm so sorry that you had ignorant teachers in your life that you needed to make such a quote on this Facebook. I said, you are out of line with this. You don't have any biblical scriptures to back it up because you're unlearned. Well, there's some people, there's some women in our church that don't ever wear pants. Well, the thing is, they're working their own soul salvation with fear and trembling before God. They have made a vow. They've made a way that they're going to live before God. God honors that because what? God's a personal God. God's a covenant God. You made a covenant with God. Keep your covenant. Amen. But don't make your covenant my covenant. If you've covenanted with God that you're going to fast three times a week, don't expect me to fast three times a week to live as holy as you. Quit trying to act like you're holier than somebody and just live in his holiness. Oh. Your prayer's not more powerful. It's the word spoken that receives to God. God's the power of your prayer. You're not. Let's give God praise. When you start praying under his power, when you start praying under his ability, it ain't about you to begin with, oh, I want people to know I can really pray. I want people to know I can really sing. I want people to really know that I can do this and I can do that. Mm, the thing is, God says, I ain't doing it through you. You're doing it through you. When you start letting me be through you, you're going to see the outcome you wish you've been able to see. My God. Boy, that's jumping right on their toes real hard real fast, isn't it, Brother Greg? So greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Well, I'm a better parent than other parents. No, if God, if you align your parenting up with the word of God, then you've got a God parenting mentality. You've got a God nature. He said that he will correct those that he loves. So guess how you got to correct your children? With love. Correct them with love. Not compromise, but compassion. When the baby grunts and your whole household stops because that baby grunts, you better get back to a godly order because you're out of order. And that ain't even my message. I'm just helping some folks this morning. Go with me to a scripture that we have not explored I want you to go with me to Luke 2 and verse 40 and we're under the influence and today under the influence I want to be under the influence of God's grace but you got to understand what grace is so you understand what type of influence that you are allowing yourself or putting yourself under under dominion influence is dominion if sin is influencing you, it has dominion over you. 
So if you're an alcoholic and you're under the influence of alcohol and you're an alcoholic because what? It now has dominion over you. You've given it to it. You've given it permission so much in your life that it now controls you. And when you try to stop, no, it's not going to let its stronghold away from you. It feels it has dominion you and it has an influence in your life. But my friend, when you get under the new influence of grace, you get under the influence of praise, you get under the influence of God's nature, then that no longer has prominence in your life. It no longer has that influence in your life. And when it goes to pushing your button, that button's broke and you've been delivered. Can we give God praise in this house? You change your influence. You change the way you live. It's so good to have Paul and Ellen Knight all the way from Norway. I've bragged about him over the years. Uh, Sister Judy, I've spoken about this man that is an international executive chef, that my friend Paul Knight, that cooks so well, you've heard me talk about him over the years. He is now sitting in our church. Isn't God good? Paul, chef Paul Knight. And it, yes, Chef Paul Knight. He's wonderful. Him and I go back 30 years as friends. Him and I met. We were off police officers together. We even owned a donut shop as police officers. That's pretty bad. <laughs> we had a, 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 uh, we had a uh, donut shop called the Baker's Dozen, and we, you got 13 donuts for a dozen because they always said it was, it was a crime to short anybody. So uh, back then, they'd give you 13 to make sure you got the 12. And so we had the Baker's Dozen. Police officers with their own donut shop. We didn't even think about that, man. The town was laughing. Not only do they want donuts, they own a donut shop. <laughs> they serve coffee. That's coffee here. It's coffee where we come. We put the W in it, coffee. <laughs> it's so good to have. We go back 30 years, and this is going to tie in with Grace. 30 years of friendships and him and I have never ever had an argument because I'm always right. <laughs> you know that little song, I have a friend in me. You have a friend. How's that go? I have a friend in you. Huh? You have a friend in me. Well, I've changed that song just a little bit. I have a friend in me. I have a friend in me. We never fight, because I'm always right. I got a friend in me. <laughs> well, we're talking about a lifelong friendship. We began, we had some, uh, personalities that fit together. We became brothers. And through the life, I've been with Paul when Paul needed grace, and only God could help when I received the phone call of the death of his son. When I received the phone call, I love the way he does it. Hey, I need some of that prayer you got. <laughs> One thing, whatever he's faced, he's kept his faith in God. He's, he has. He, looked, he looks at it a different way than I do. I tell you, he does. Then he gets, 
his beautiful wife, Ellen. She's so quiet right there. Man, this lady is the happiest woman I know. Man, she comes up with the little tunes. It's so awesome, and she smiles. And, and she, would you like to say, hear her say hello to you? You got to hear the Norwegian. She's from Norway, and she leaves in, the, in about a week from now. She's going to be going back to Norway. She's got it under contract. So she's not leaving her husband. She's under a contract of a great job in Norway. She is born in Norway. She's a native Nor Norwegian. And I want Ellen to say hello to you. Hello, everybody. <laughs> a little more. Tell hello, everybody. I'm from Norway. I'm married to this uh, gorgeous man. Sure, the Bonorsk. Hey, all the men. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Church, uh, wait a minute. I, I want to prove to you the Lord spoke something that we would be reaching nations. And now we have Norway, a part of our ministries and reaching out. Come on, let's get, we got Mexico, we got Norway, we have Russia, we, we have some wonderful, we had Nigeria here this week, we are a church multicultural, we do not have black, white, we don't have Mexican, we have children of God that so happen to be a nationality. That's the way we look at it, amen? So we're a family. I want to read something to you. I want to go under the influence of grace. Now, if I would ask any theologian that's been studied and have their PhD or they have their master's or maybe associates or bachelors, uh, um, if I would ask them to give me the definition of grace, most of them would miss it. Now, these are the people in Bible colleges and Bible schools and been taught. So, we hear that the definition of grace, but that's an element of grace. I want to teach you the fullness of God's grace so you can live under grace and its influence. Grace isn't a one-time thing that God gives you for your salvation. Grace is not just unmerited favor, that favor that you didn't earn, uh, there's more to grace than what you can really imagine. And by grace are you saved. Uh, and that's where, we're, not by works lest any man should boast. So we don't need to be doing rosaries because that's works. But by faith uh, and believing of what he said instead of what I said uh, makes uh, a grace activate. In other words, we know the fullness of grace. Uh, see, when I pray, uh, it's God's not depending upon our, our words to control what he needs to do. Uh, our words need to line up on what he does. I don't need some rosaries around here and counting the rosaries and saying a little prayer over each one because that's works. You got it? So don't ever let the devil tell you that you won't get saved unless you walk around the, the, the sanctuary 21 times because that's not in the plan of salvation. In Luke 2 and 40, And the child grew. Which child grew? 
Luke 2 is the birth of Christ and the escape over into Egypt and going coming back to Jerusalem. Uh, you've got Simeon and you've got Anna, uh, the prophetess. Did you hear prophetess? Well, I don't believe in women prophets. Well, there was one in the Bible right there. I don't believe in women ministering. Well, they better read the rest of the Bible. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. And the grace of God was upon him. Hmm. Hold on just a second. This is Jesus. This isn't a born sinner. He wasn't born of the flesh and seed of man. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost and he was birthed under the righteousness of Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit of God. And so when he came into the earth, he was not born into sinful flesh. He was flesh that carried the glory of God. So he was grace. Why would he need the grace of God upon him if he was grace? He didn't need forgiveness because he would never sin. Can somebody help me out just a moment? He didn't need unmerited favor because unmerited favor is favor to bring you from a fallen point of view, point of or situation or a level of fallen. You need favor to lift you back up. He didn't ever need to be lifted up from God because why? He was God. So it's more than unmerited favor. And when you get a hold of what grace is, you're going to love it. You won't ever see your life living without it. It's not just one work of salvation. It's a lifetime of protection. So why would it say the grace of God was upon him? Go with me to Acts 4. I believe it's 33. Can men have this grace? What is grace? Since it was upon him, he didn't need to unmerited favor. He was the unmerited favor to, give, to be given. So why is the grace of God upon Jesus? But now you ready for this? Now, this is when the community of possessions, the birthing of the church, the church sold their houses, sold their lands, and brought it and gave it to the apostles. The apostle uh, uh, distributed it. Nobody was in want. Now, I'm not asking our church to do this because this was the beginning and birthing of what the church would be. I've heard some ministers over in Douglas, Georgia, he followed this passage of scripture and he had people selling their homes, giving all the money to the church and he was getting an apartment building for everybody to live in and he was buying all their groceries and all that stuff. And I'm going, no, no, no. See, they're different culture, different time. That's not what God was asking. That's what they did. But what they, God put upon them was this. You ready? 
I'm going to go to verse 22 and, and let you know what I just spoke was word. And the multitude of them that believed were on of one heart and one soul. Remember this, one accord. If you really believed in the River Fellowship Church, you wouldn't hold any good thing from it because you know it has good things to give. Amen? Amen. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought of the things which, let me see if I'm reading neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common and with great power. Now you're going to get the other part of grace. <laughs> and with great power gave the apostle witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them. Oh. Wait, wait, wait just a moment. Grace was upon Jesus and now great grace was upon them. So what does grace really mean? Well, first of all, I'll give you the conclusion and the very fullness of definition when I get done with this. But great grace was not greater than the grace that was upon Christ. Christ was born in the flesh and he would be tempted in all manners that man would be tempted. Even the men, his disciples questioned why he talked to the woman at the well. But he had grace. My God. My God. Even they questioned about his kingdom and who he would point to set his right hand and him wanted to be in authority and even the mothers came of the disciples and came to Jesus and said who will you assign in authority in your kingdom they were looking for an earthly kingdom but he said it's not mine to give but the father's to give in other words she wanted her sons to be higher than the other disciples and wanted she looked at the kingdom as the kings was here but see the thing is is that now he's offered a king but grace was upon him. Am I just preaching to me or am I just preaching to college students or am I, are you getting this yet? Under the influence of grace. Grace is something that you receive from him that you can give to others. Woo! Hold on. What? See, there's different elements and particles that make up the fullness of grace. You got great grace. Somebody needs to go ahead and say, I got more than just a little touch of grace. God, when I became a believer, I received great grace. I mean great grace that will help me overcome the tempter. Great grace gives me the power through the struggles of life. Mm -hmm. If I would 
take the word grace and break it down and I would use the word G-R-A-C-E. Well, let me first of all tell you that number one, I'm going to give you the explanation now and the full definition of what grace is. Since Christ didn't need saved and the believers already saved didn't need saved, they already received unmerited favor, then why, why was there great grace on them now? Whew. Well, let me go ahead and break down the kingdom of God. We are not servants of the Lord but no longer servants, but children of God. Servants will always be outside of the inheritance of the king. They will only serve the need of the king, but they'll never be included in the inheritance of the king. And once you see yourself as an inheritance, you have a you have possession of heavenly kind. You have possession of earthly kind because the earth is his and the fullness of thereof. That means the king owns this earth, and when you become his children oh don't you help me preach this just a second but when you become his child you get to possess it you get to possess what he owns you have rightful heir you have a percentage of his possession that's passed down on you and we have a God that never dies his inheritance lasts forever and yours lasts forever But in the kingdom, guess who set up the thing called adoption? God. And it is a law of adoption. Once you're adopted, you never lose an inheritance. Oh my. So when you are grafted in by the spirit of adoption what you should have not been a part of by grace you're now a part of by grace you have authority dominion and power why because you operate now under the ability of god oh i don't think you got it i just gave you the definition and the young man grew in wisdom and he waxed strong in spirit and he grew and the ability of God was upon him the ability to overcome this world the ability to forgive sin the ability to renew refresh the ability to heal the ability to bless he was under the ability of God can somebody say I want this grace You really hear me today. Number one, the letter G, God's ability to save, heal, equip, favor, and supply. 
the ability of God? What? He said, the works I do. I didn't just say that, did I? He said, the works I do, you shall do, and greater shall you do. Why? When you're a child of God and you come under his righteousness and you come under his kingdom principles and you come under his kingdom rule and he's always king and you are his child doing servant unto him as unto a father, you now have the dominion, you have now the authority and you have the ability to represent what he does. Oh, I thought it was just for me getting saved. <laughs> Who God See, when you have, understand grace, meth no longer has mess in your life. Because you now have God's ability to cast it down, cast it out, sit it taking you down and taking you out. Can somebody go ahead and give God praise? If you're really going to live under his grace, you're not going to be under the influence of bondage anymore. You're going to be under the influence of his great power. To heal. He said, the believer shall. You don't heal. It's him. It's the grace upon you. Grace was upon him. Grace was, guess who grace is? God. I've had these people call me, I'm a faith healer. You're what? I'm a faith healer. Well, you going to heal faith? What you healing? No, God, I'm one of his children that he has sent with the message of healing. Now, when you say it that way, you can preach in my pulpit. But if you walk around and say, you got this and that, I don't need some self-proclaimed rev. I don't need some, some self-proclaimed prophet walking up in here saying, I got this. If you come with a message from the Lord and you're his child and you're in the kingdom of God, then we're going to listen to you. But don't you put it around some way. You got something. You either got God or you don't. Because guess what? Great grace is waiting on you. Well, I thought he was going to have lightning bolts and sickness and he was going to bring me down because I've done something wrong. You're not his sacrifice. Jesus is his sacrifice. You're not his sacrifice. Quit living in fear because of what you've done wrong that you are the sacrifice unto righteousness. My land, through his ability and through his grace, through who he is, he brings me back because I follow his word. His word said if I repent, he restores. Can somebody go ahead and get back to our faith works? He said, without repentance, no man shall see God. He says, you repent, I restore. 
God is not waiting to hurt you. The devil, every sickness that comes upon you, the devil attacking your flesh so he can get to your spirit, man, so that grace of God that's upon you and the ability of God that God's using you to do will come down and blame the flesh and blame God for attacking the flesh. But when the flesh comes under attack, let your spirit, man, arise. Let grace flow through you and get yourself in a position of healing. Am I preaching yet? They're, they're telling me to cut loose. Glory to God! Yeah! Why did David dance with all of his might? He understand what grace was about. He understood what grace is about. If you're going to be a Davidic praiser, understand what God's about. Did you know our church is going to start having our blast zone kids waving banners in our church because it's part of praise? Come on, somebody. We're going to have, as we begin to sing the praise song, they're going to march from the back with banners of God. They're going to walk through this house because he said his banner over me is love. We're going to start proclaiming a kingdom banner of God and the kingdom of God in this church. Well, I'm going to leave if those kids start carrying banners and flags in this church. I see grace hasn't reached you yet. We're in the study of worship and pray again, prayer and praise, not prayer, but we're under worship and praise in spiritual warfare. And part of worship is clapping your hands. Part of worship but if part of worship is your voice and part of worship is your dance and part of worship is the banner fly man y'all keep shouting like this I won't ever get done so let me talk to the person that hasn't been in our Bible class and our college and not under, really grabbing a hold of this. Let me talk to you about something. Grace is God's ability that he puts on you to overcome what you never could do, not overcome. To live with a power against temptations. To believe and walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering is the fruit but the gift is wisdom and knowledge, faith and healing, miracles and prophecy, the sermon of the spirit, divers tongue, interpretation of tongues. Nowhere did it say casting out devils in the gifts of the spirit. It says you do that just as a believer. Can somebody talk about grace now? I look at my sister Ellen and said, I'm not too loud, Ellen. She gets back. You see, the ability of God was upon Jesus so he can give that ability to you. Through salvation is how you receive grace. The, 
You'll never have anything else, particles of grace, until you receive the giver of grace through the faith in who he is and the repentance of sin. Repentance of sin opens up the great grace upon your life because you're now believers. Is this teaching you? So when you operate out of grace, mainstream doesn't have influence on you. Are you ready for this? You're greater than the mainstream. Mainstream's waiting on you for their deliverance, not for them to be your influence. Somebody give God praise for that. Why are they making the decisions they are making? They've never understood grace, never accepted. They're not believers in God. They're believers in selves, and they believe their self that they become their own power, that they are giving the, the woman the relief of obligations instead of the gift of life. They're making decisions financially to pocket themselves, to make themselves to be more rich. They, they, don't believe, they believe in socialism while making themselves rich because they want to control what you get so they can have the most of what you'll ever get. Anybody get a hold of that? That's what socialism is. It's a false security. I didn't get to A yet, have I? Oh, I'm not even in R. R is righteousness. Now, grace is this. The ability of God is this. Righteousness imputed where unrighteousness reigned. Righteousness imputed where unrighteousness reigned. Now, we have a a, a young man. We got a man in education here that... uh, has a master's you have a master's but you have it because the Lord just showed me you walking in mastership mm-hmm. righteousness explain that word rightness rightness to God imputed, imputed. given freely. freely without anything in return without anything in return where unrighteousness not being right not receiving uh-huh. reigned 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 all over you control absolute control so where evil could it not be say this one that God gave and replaced where evil once had control can somebody understand that You're not waiting for revenge on your neighbor. You're waiting to bless your neighbor. You're not waiting to curse somebody out. You're waiting to speak blessings in their life because what? Righteousness is imputed. Where unrighteousness once reigned, can we give God praise? That's part of grace. 
You don't use curse words anymore because what? That's not of the language of God. You speak God words. When you understand, when you speak and start speaking God words, no longer unrighteousness, which is curse words, has power in your life. Can somebody say, I create what by my words I'm creating? A young man was filling my tank up this morning. He wanted to show off in front of Emily. He kept his eyes fixed upon Emily and her beauty, but he wanted to act like he was bad and he wanted to drop the F-bomb. I looked at him and said, excuse me, young man, you're speaking in front of my daughter. In other words, I imputed righteousness where unrighteousness had its reign. If he really wanted to show off, he needed to be a gentleman. He should have been over there saying every pleasant word he can find. If he was going to impress a Holy Ghost field, a holy child of God, which is my daughter, he better step up to the plate and walk as a grace person. If they're not on their knees praying, they don't need to be holding your daughter's hand. Too many of us are getting unequally yoked. And some of them don't even know what the egg is. They think yolk means an egg. <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do with it. That's holding something that works together. To plow the same field to get the work done. They, they equal out the load. They believe the same. They got the same vision. That's the yoke of, that you tie them to. And once they yoke correctly, they'll work and that field gets plowed and the harvest comes. But too many people, oh, don't you get me preaching about equally yoked. Because if they're unequally yoked, that one will try to go one way, the other the other way. Or they'll be bull and they're trying to fight each other and kick at each other. And you ain't got nothing but a mess out in the middle of the field. That should bring a harvest. But you ain't got nothing but a puddle. Don't ask me to say that again. That was under the Holy Ghost. Well, they'll get saved someday. You don't need to live a life pulling one side of the load for Christ in a home when you've got a wife or a husband's pulling the other side for the devil himself. Go ahead and get equally yoked, rightly faith matched. They're both sinners. They both go to hell together, I reckon. That's not God's plan. See, grace doesn't have a plan if anybody going to hell. He created hell for a different entity. The false prophet, the beast, the fallen angels, and the devil himself. Hell was never created for you. It's a punishment eternally for those that turn against the righteousness of God and try to destroy who he was, and that's grace. See, you have the ability of God upon you. You have God upon you when you receive grace. You've got more than unmerited favor. You've got power. And under A, you have an abundance and victories. Woo! Now, I didn't get this out of the book somewhere. I just wrote that. That's what God gave me driving home from uh, a claim jumpers last night. I said, Lord, I need to get the definition of this word broke down. And he says, gee, he says, yeah, that's my ability. R, he gave me the righteousness imputed where unrighteousness reigned. Then he gave me the A. 
He said, you're going to have an abundance of victories because I am a God that never loses a battle. I am a God that never, ever, ever has a, an encounter with the enemy, and he wins over me. When God got in it, Goliath fell. You have an endless supply of victories in your life. It doesn't mean, he said that the devil's going to shoot fiery darts at you. He said it was going to happen, but he gave you a shield. Oh. Some of you won't even put the armor on and hang out the house. I love what Pastor LaShawn had to say. An empty chair, it should be an enemy to you in your church. Empty chairs should be an enemy. He asked these ministers, I don't want to hear what God called you to do on your anointing. Well, I've been anointed. You know, God works with the anointing, which is a continuous, not what you used to do. He used you then for that. Now, what is he using you now for? But he says, the size of your shoes should be how many people you win to the Lord every year. I need some producers. You know, he says that if you come into church and all you're doing is receiving, you're never going out, you're a cancer. What? Man, I was over there. I hope you finished that, Pastor LaShawn. Oh, that's some folk about to throw some tomatoes at me. But if you're not reaching people for the kingdom of God, cancers get all the nutrients and then it kills you because it never get, it never, there's no blood flow through it. It gathers and the only blood it does come in, it wants to keep and, and cause to be cankered. That means if I get cancer, I'm a sinner? No! loved one got cancer and they died they sinner no how some people can think but they do it I'm not saying that I'm talking about cancer comes to destroy the bodies that's the gossipers that's the complainers and he said this is a abomination to the sight of God is so far from the ability of God, you walking in the ability, you're now walking under the ability of the evil one to destroy. He said, I didn't come to kill, steal, and destroy, but I came to give life and life more abundantly, John 10 and 10. But the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. See, I have to talk some, then I get to preach some. Mm. Now let's hit number three under the abundance of victories. When somebody raises their tongue up against you and you have enemies that's saying every bit of lies and accusing you, I just heard word uh, just uh, not 24 hours ago that the church that we raised up and remodeled, that we were building some kind of uh, some kind of entertainment stage. No, I was building a place that was modern, so we make it modern to get you in. But don't you ever, ever mistaken the modernism of the power of the Holy Ghost. It's under the power of the Holy Ghost uh, that gets your victory. But we need to have temples that represent that we have the spirit of excellence. The sea. 
comfort during the storm. Well, what's got grace got to do that? You should be so messed up from the floor up. You should be on your ever last nerve. <laughs> your shoestring done broke 12 times and you ain't got enough to tie one little eyelet together. But you ain't over, you're, man, I do talk Southern, you ain't. You're, you're not under this fear that I'm going down. You're under a praise that these waves is taking me higher than I've ever been taken and I'm going faster than I've ever traveled before. If I would just put my cell of faith, my faith cell up, it's gonna carry me quicker than where I was before. It's not that it overcome me, I'm overcome it and that's why grace gives you the power to do so. You don't wake up in the morning and look at your wife and she got curlers in her hair. Anybody ever use curlers anymore? Do you? Y'all sneak to give me a picture. <laughs> they go on the curler irons. They go on the hair straighteners. You wear, you wear curlers? Well, you got all the curls on. The, the, you look like a guy at one time had a perm. <laughs> they say, well, uh, the Bishop, do you believe in tattoos? I personally don't believe I need to have one. The Bible says not for me to make any marking upon my body. So I, I live under the full covenants. But if I ever did have one, I'm going to have me a little guy pushing a lawnmower right here. <laughs> you got a hold of that one, didn't you? Man, I got more amens out of that than any other thing I said today. Where was I? Uh, what? I'm glad somebody. Well, since I've become a Christian, I've had so many storms, I can't believe it. I'm not really serving God because I have storms. How will you ever be a wave walker unless something raised up the waves? And old Peter done something in the middle of a storm that he never could do without one. Because he never needed to use that level of faith. But the Bible says that Peter and the 12, the other 11, was out on a boat. He says, go out to the other side and I'll meet you there. Prophetic word from Jesus said, you're making it to the other side. But they didn't hear that part. If God called you into a ministry, he already sees you completing that ministry. The thing is, you're so afraid to start it because you won't, you won't fall under grace and his ability because you're thinking, I can't do this, I can't do that because you don't know what grace is about. Boy, that sure is a lot better than just unmerited favor. Huh? But grace, I can, I can, well, he called me. I have a heart toward him. I can accomplish this thing because I can do all things through Christ 
which strengthens me. Philippians 1 and 6, he says, uh, he said, I am confident in this very thing that he began a good work and you shall accomplish it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1 and 6. He says this, I am sure of this one thing. I am confident of this one thing, that he that began a good work in you shall accomplish it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, he spoke about grace. He talked about the comforter. He talked about the assurance. He talked about the ability. Can somebody, he talked about the righteousness. He said, oh, he's going to accomplish this thing through you. In other words, he picked a vessel that he knows I can do this through if thou just get a hold of my grace. Well, I see myself, the Lord showed me I would be doing this. The Lord said this about me, and guess what? Well, it never happened. Your life ain't over. Yeah, and the only way it won't happen is because you walk away from his grace. He said those that departed the faith and fell from grace. Fell from the ability of God working in your life because you have a choice. You have a will. Comfort during the storm. Paul facing some comfort, discomforts because of a disease. I have discomforts because of diabetes and neuropathy. But that doesn't stop me from walking in his grace. When you base your physical to determine how your spiritual work, or if you base your spiritual on your physical, let me put it that way, your spirit will be sick. I know many of people that have a, an ailment in their bodies, but their spirit is strong. And that was worth clapping about, sis. And that's it. I said, I know many people that have some kind of physical ailment, but their spirit is strong. Amen. That's grace. You don't base your physical. Well, God, I don't know if you love me. You like the pit, pulls of pity because you want attention. You like the pulls of pity because you want attention. It's got, oh, I want everybody to look at me. This is what's going on with me. I want everybody to look at me. But when you are full of his grace and God's ability, you say, you know what? I might fight this, but my God, let me go get my praise on. Let me lift my hands. I worship him. The spirit man will not be taken down by the flesh man, but the flesh man shall come under subjection to the spirit man. For we don't serve him in flesh, but we serve him in spirit and in truth. Well, bring them up here. They need to hear this. Boy, that's, she looks like her mama and acts like her daddy. I'm going to say number five, but I'm not going to ask Tom to put it up yet. I'm going to go ahead and talk about the final part of the ability of God. And we're closing. I won't let them give, get in here, but I'm going to bring out six things after I read this I'm not preaching about it I'm just going to mention it you said Bishop when are you going to start having your sermons where we can listen to them I have them every Sunday you just need to be here 
You, did you know that I had people of this church that when we were on Facebook, they would send me a text, I'll just watch it on Facebook. Friday night. She was going to watch it on Facebook. She came anyway and her grandson gets saved on the way home. I'm about to say something that's pretty harsh in today's society and really spot on according to the Bible. But if you feel like that I don't need God right now, I'm young and I'm going to live how I want to live until uh, later on I might serve him, but I'm not going to serve God right now, you ain't nothing but a fool. Because the Bible says, a fool says in his heart there is no God, or in other words, a fool says in his heart I don't need him. And I don't believe any man or woman can lead a home being a fool. Because what? It's all about themselves and their decisions. They'll never have kingdom minded. They won't ever walk under grace. They won't ever have the ability of God directing their home. They won't know who to fall to. And if they only fall to God when they have a need, he said he hears the prayer of repentance, but he doesn't hear the sinner's prayer. Can I go ahead and start preaching to you? He don't hear a sinner's prayer unless it's the prayer of forgiveness and repentance. Then you become a believer. Then he hears it. That's word. You don't call upon God to get you out of something. You call on God to lead your rest of your life. I ain't never heard preaching like this before because they're too afraid to preach it. They're too afraid of getting rid of a tithe payer or some number in their church. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not afraid of that anymore. I've done giving God this church. This is his church, and I'm his minister. I'm going to preach what he gives me, and if you don't like me, I love you anyway. I don't like him. I'm not going back to that church. The devil don't like me either. I don't know what team you're a part of. <laughs> Name one time I haven't showed you love, hadn't showed you respect, bragged on you, shook, re re reached out to shake your hand, blessed you. You name one time that I specifically came to you and I degraded you and put you down. You've been listening to the voice of the devil for so long, you don't understand the power of grace. proudly say I've never beat nobody up I've preached the truth and the truth has sharpened and went in and started cutting something and they blame me because what God said but they don't know the power of grace they don't understand grace they think it's one act of God no it's the ability of God for the rest of your life have you ever heard this type of preaching before have you ever heard grace preach like this before well, the baby has. He's over there shouting about it. Man, he got his praise on. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, look how cute he is. Man, you're awesome. He said, I know it. <laughs> Why? Because when he was in his mother's womb, he was awesome. And that mother respected life and have him and now raising him up under the nurture of God and got him in the house of God. That's called grace. Grace don't give up. Grace presses through. 
Oh, hallelujah. Grace does this. It says this, grace is the God's ability to save, heal, equip, favor, and supply. Number two, righteousness imputed where unrighteousness reigned. Number three, abundance of victories. Number four, comfort during the storm. And number five, endurance to run the race. Come on, that's why grace gives you the ability, endurance to run the race. I don't know if I can make it as music plays. Bishop, I don't know if I can make it another day. I've prayed about this and it's never happening. Because you're depending upon your ability to see it through. Well, then what do I do? A deeper place in you. Lord, you gave them in Acts 4 and 33. Great grace. Where my heart. Grace saved me, but the greatness of it gave me the endurance because storms will come sickness will arise the fiery darts of Satan is sickness greed, revenge, hate accusations failures earthly influences mainstream take me to Man made marijuana legal and God never made it for smoking. When you find out the reason God made it, you'll quit doing with it what he didn't make it for. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand. Let me ask you a question. They made it legal to kill a baby once it comes out of its womb. Do you believe that? But it's legal. Not an earthly thing. But it's legal. That's what you're saying about drugs. For you died. And your life it's legal. Is now hidden with Christ in God. It was Christ legal in the time of Baal to sacrifice your child unto Baal gods. It was legal. With him in glory. So but is it right? That's why he righteousness is imputed where unrighteousness reigned. Because grace set in. Grace saves the life of a child. Grace delivers the addict. Doesn't destroy them. Grace forgives without remembrance. And that's the best thing I could say about grace. If we're going to walk under great grace, we got to forgive and don't go around remembering and keeping it a grudge in our spirit because once you have a grudge you say I forgive them no if it bothers you every day and every time you see that person that's all you can think of you've not released them so there's so much about grace that you get the experience being a child of God well I haven't used it that much guess what it was always available Chef Paul Knight an executive international chef I have been under the pleasure of gaining five pounds in two days. And I said pleasure. I mean, he takes juniper berries and makes a gravy to cook with venison. And it made my tongue reach around my ears and get wax on my tonsils. 
I mean, my tongue was slapping the hairs off my head. I can prove it. Yeah, you reach way back there, Doug. Oh, you guys went go and get chicken Alfredo? <laughs> we had chicken Alfredo. The sauces are homemade, not bought. He can take the spice rack. Let's talk about the spice rack. In grace. Did that make you hungry? Oh man, his meatballs are that big around with that spaghetti. That's not handmade, hand. Oh. That's a move of Pastor Edmar. 